Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Martini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show that's coming up right next. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me busting through and living life full out get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail hey everybody welcome to our good news segment and it is good news let me tell you why anytime you speak the truth you know once you speak the truth and you educate and inform people you have no idea what happens to that information and what level of relief it gives to people. Today, I am so honored to have three amazing people joining us here. Uh, COPD, you've heard it, you've seen it on the television, but you really have not heard the stories. Now, we're going to be talking with Dr. Thomas. I was going to call him Tom, but I don't know where that came from. Dr. Thomas Corbidge. We're going to be talking with somebody that is real-time experience of this, Jan, as well as the person that fully understands what caregiving is about, Justin. Today, there is a new survey, and the new survey reveals COVID-19 is worrisome to patients with COPD. But we are here to talk about the innovations, what needs to be done. Because if we're going to go through this once-of-a-lifetime experience, man, we better have a couple of takeaways that make life better for all of us. Uh, doctor, it's great to have you. Let's start out with you because, you know, look, your role and what you committed to and you studied years for it and your commitment and passion and purpose, you're in the forefront of this. So there is no conversation if we're not going to talk about how do we get better at what we do, right? Correct. Um, so from your perspective, give people an understanding of COPD, COVID, and the, the, the absolutely conjunct course that these two are taking, just like they were two planets. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you. And, you know, COPD in general is, a, is of course, a lung disease that's generally caused by cigarette smoking. It has uh, uh, components uh, that affect the bronchial tubes that can cause cough and sputum production. And it also can affect the tissue of the lung. Uh, put holes in the lung, if you will, and that's called emphysema. So a uh, cigarette smoking disease, you, your listeners may be interested to know that it affects some 27 million Americans uh, is the fourth leading cause of death. So it's a really important disease uh, for us all. And as COVID has come to us this year, uh, our, our COPD patients are particularly vulnerable. This has really been a wake-up call for patients with COPD because we know that if you have COPD and you get COVID, uh, you're at increased risk of worse outcomes. So we really need to double down all of our efforts to keep our patients well and safe. That starts with the usual guidance of hand washing, social distancing, face masks, but it also gets into that individualized treatment plan that can be crafted uh, jointly with your physician that can keep you uh, as, as best that we can keep you, uh, keep you out of the hospital by preventing the chance of a COPD flare. We don't want you in the emergency rooms. We don't want you in the hospitals for COPD, uh, increases risk, but also is a burden on the healthcare uh, team. 
Yeah. One of the things and really why I wanted to talk to you when my dad uh, was alive and and this was that he had COPD. I'm not I'm not exactly sure what we were talking about back then, but it was worrisome all by itself. Right. You know, here in the Pacific Northwest, the wildfires and you get the smoke and it would be like my dad's like, what are we going to do? Right. So you live with this. And Jan, let me jump to you. Um, this is an aspect of humanity that we don't talk about enough. When we cut off our lifeline, which is air, when we're not able to breathe the way other people breathe, it is one of the scariest things, right? What has this journey been like for you? The journey has been difficult, not only for me, but for over half the people that were on that survey. It has such a negative effect because it interrupted any type of improvement we were trying to make with managing our care. It, it had us all scared to death. We were afraid. We didn't want to go anywhere. We didn't want anybody to come in to see us. And then all of a sudden, you know, I had to say to myself as an advocate, wait a minute, am I going to let this just take me completely out of here? Mm-hmm. That's when I had to get with the doctor and say, you know what, what can I do to help manage myself, not only my disease, but my anxiety and everything that goes along with this. And how can I help other people? I'm supposed to be an advocate. I can't go down like this. So I had to empower my, get myself empowered again by talking to my group and then then trying to do that chain reaction of pulling other people over. Come on, go talk to your doctor. Find out what it is you can do for yourself. Let him see your vulnerability. Talk to him about an action plan. And let's get back on course here. It's difficult, I know, but we can't give up. You know, one of the things that I, I want to just point to in listening to you is, um, you know, my mama used to say to us girls in her Southern draw accent, she would say something like, honey, you know what, or get off the pot. And we would look at her like, how are we ever going to use that phrase? And I'm going to tell you, that's what you're talking about. You're talking about getting in the game because it's hard to win the game if you're not in the game. But the thing I want to say about what you just shared is that this is real for you. This is oh, real. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it, uh, let, let me, every day, exactly. And I want to, we're going to get back and circle back to you and talk about this. I wanted to hop over to Justin for a minute. Justin, you know, from where you sit and your perspective on things, and this is why I love that the three of you are here, because there are three different perspectives, but they all come to one point. And the one point is, what the heck do we need to do to not just keep people surviving, like survive, what is that? You know, we survive but to thrive from your perspective, tell me what you've seen. Well, like the survey shows 91% of the physicians want the caregiver at, you know, at the doctor's appointments with the patient. So to make the patient thrive, you need to be there as a caregiver at the appointments, if you're able to, and ask questions, Um, whether it's asking the patient how they're feeling or you know, what questions do they have and write them down. So that way, when you do talk to the physician, you're able to get the actual information that you need to help provide the the best care you can for the patient. And so tell me a little bit from your perspective, if you would, what you've seen 
now that you take this, now put COVID, right? So now we're talking about COVID, COPD. See, it's one thing to talk about COPD. It's one thing to talk about COVID. But now let's put this dynamic duo together because it's almost as if it's the perfect storm, not in a good way. Really, what I saw is that everybody's scared um, or worried. Um, <clears throat> as a caregiver, like, you know, like my with my dad, like I'm like always making sure that he's doing the right thing, making sure that he's around the right people. Um, and making sure he's still able to talk to his physician. Um, with COVID, it's made things a lot harder, especially with me needing to be there to get the information. Um, I'm sitting in the vehicle or I'm sitting at home waiting, um, but just making sure that they're doing what they need to do and the people around them is doing what they need to do to make sure that the patient is safe. Look, first of all, it's, it's an honor to have all of you here. And I just want to say that. But one of the things I absolutely want to get to, and doctor, perhaps you can help us with this, is take us full circle. COVID-19, COPD, and let's just be really clear about what we're talking about here today. We're talking about chronic, right? Let's tell people what COPD is because everybody's like COPD. Well, let's get down with this for a minute and tell folks what we're talking about. Chronic, obstructive, right? So Correct. when we're looking at this, we're talking about something that we need to pay super attention to. Tell us what the statistics are. Where are we? Many We see the commercials on this. So what it says to me is there are a lot of people, right, like Jan. So where are we? And give us the update from your perspective, if you could. Well, you're exactly right. You know, 27 million Americans have COPD, fourth leading cause of death in the U.S. And even without COVID, it's a, it's a huge problem for patients and the healthcare system. And then you add COVID on top of it, added concerns of poor outcomes if COPD patients uh, get COVID. Uh, back to one of your earlier comments, though, you know, this, the good news is this is a treatable condition. COPD is treatable uh, when you connect with your physician. You have that good, open, and trusting relationship with your physician. Uh, we, can, we can provide treatment. We can help. And that's the good news. We can do better. Uh, as the, this recent survey that Justin and Jan have alluded to, which was a survey by uh, GSK combined with uh, CHEST and COPD Foundations, it shows that there still is this gap in communication between patients and providers. And if we narrow this gap, we can do even better to help our patients breathe better and stay out of the hospital. The reasons for the gap, uh, I think in part, uh, our patients sometimes underreport what they're truly experiencing and feeling. So we would have a call out to patients to be as open and honest as you possibly can about how you're feeling. Tell us about your breathlessness. Tell us about good days and bad days, how it's impacting uh, your daily life, not only physically, but emotionally. Really catalog that very carefully uh, for us. And on our side of the fence, uh, you know, we need to do our due diligence, ask those good probing questions so we can understand where patients truly are. Uh, another way to narrow this gap is through the Justins of the world, our caregivers, which we love to have as a part uh, of the communication channel, because that's a different lens you know, to look through to see how a patient 
is truly, truly doing. With patients like Jan, who are informed, empowered, motivated, uh, engaged, and caregivers like Justin, uh, we can narrow that gap uh, and help our patients significantly. You know, can we take a minute and let folks know how they can get engaged, how they can find out more? Do you have a website? Do you have some way to direct people so that they can get more informed? What's the best place for people to go, Doc? There's an, an easy to remember website, copd.com. It's an independent site that has a wealth of information for patients, caregivers, or anybody interested in COPD. I want to get back to Jan. Jan, you know, looking through the lens of past, present, and future for you from a, from a patient and an advocacy perspective, what for you, what gives you most hope? What makes you most enthusiastic as you look ahead? Things are still changing. Things are getting uh, better. We do know, uh, my, like you were talking about your dad, I lost my mom to COPD in the 90s. Nobody knew anything. Right. No idea as to what's going on. We just knew she couldn't breathe. All right. But now, going forward, there are so many things that, that so many new innovative uh, clinical trials that are coming out now that people can get involved in. The one thing that I want everybody to understand is the word chronic. It means it's not going anywhere. Right. I, mean, I mean, it's like chronic sinusitis, it's gonna be there. But what we wanna do is be able to manage it. And the only way we're gonna be able to manage it, Dr. Corbus just said, is the fourth leading cause of death, third leading cause of disability, and we have got to figure out how to come up with the funds in order to be able to continue with research, 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 examination. That's how we're going to overcome COPD. Money, funding, yeah. and that's what we need. You know what? You're right on about that, Jan. You know why? Because we're seeing it live time. We're seeing what happens when you throw money at something. Uh, let me just say, when you pile the money on, we're seeing for the first time in our history, oh, no vaccine, oh, vaccine. Uh, for co- I yeah. mean, this is really what you're talking about is, look, there's a solution. Yeah. We just need to focus That's and right. put the resources and the funding on it. And like anything else, we'll come up with a solution to help people live and thrive. Absolutely. I can't, I can't tell you. This group of people that I'm with today, Justin and yeah. Dr. Corbridge, I, you know, it feels like I've known them forever. Yeah. And the uh, best advice that I can give, Justin takes care of himself. And that's what a caregiver needs to do. Take care of yourself. You can't become an enabler. Dr. Corbett sits down and talks to his patients, stays engaged. And me as an advocate, I'm going to stay engaged with everybody. So it doesn't matter. <laughs> Yeah, no kidding. Me too. I'm, I know you've all got to run and I want to thank you so much. Your message is powerful. The information you're providing is the thing that gives us that sense of freedom. You know, what do they say about knowledge? It's all there. I want to thank the three of you. One last thing, that website again, doctor, if you don't mind. COPD.com. So easy. Thank you all. Keep doing <laughs> what you're doing and we'll catch you on the backside. Let's take a short break. Hello, friends. I am Terry J. Walker with the I Am Power Hour, and here is your soul-stretching success tip of the day. Taking 100% responsibility for your life. You know, a belief is a thought you just keep thinking. So the questions become, what is your mindset? 
As you assess your strengths and weaknesses, you need to believe and empower yourself. When you change your mindset to, I am, I can, and I will, your courage, your purpose, and your power, and your greatness begin to evolve. Make the commitment today. Obtain the discipline and be willing to do whatever it takes to learn, to grow, and develop yourself in order to win at life. You are worthy, you are talented, and you have the ability to create your life of abundance. For you are your greatest assets. I'll see you next time. Imagine a world where good news... Positive information and stories were the mainstream. Tell us your positive story. Hashtag positivity rules. You are listening to the Transformation Radio Network. Are you one of the many women in the world who've carried the burdens of work and family with the added circumstance of the pandemic? Well, you are not alone. Join Mary Rose Campbell with five other powerful women on Saturday, December 5th for the International Conference on Resilience for Women as they share what they've learned to create power for themselves under any circumstance. Walk away with the tools and inspiration to motivate and empower yourself. Don't miss this global online event, Saturday, December 5th, starting at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern. Stories packed full of possibility, power, and of course, resilience. Be empowered, inspired, and committed to your own well-being. Coming together with powerful women, knowing that you are not facing life alone. Get your tickets now at resilientwomensconference.com under the register tab. That's resilientwomensconference.com. If you struggle with fear and anxiety, you know how powerless and stuck these emotions can make you feel. You've tried everything, but nothing helped you overcome these blocks. Dr. Friedman Schaub, award-winning author of The Fear and Anxiety Solution, created a special program which helped thousands of his clients to become healthy, happy, and confident again. Learn how to eliminate negative self-talk, let go of your emotional baggage, and replace limiting beliefs. With Dr. Friedman's accelerated program, you can break through your challenges. Visit thefearandanxietysolution.com. Welcome to Shades of Spirit, guided meditation on centering and grounding your energy. Please do this meditation in a safe space. Do not drive while meditating. Find a place where you can sit comfortably, either inside or outside. Take off your shoes and connect the soles of your feet to Mother Earth. Take a second to quiet your mind, body, and spirit. Start taking some slow and steady deep breaths in through your nose and out your mouth, allowing yourself to sink deeper and deeper into your space. Allow your eyelids to get heavier with each breath. On the next inhale, I want you to picture a ball of light right in front of you. It just so happens to be your favorite color. Your ball of light starts to spin in front of you. It is inviting you to join it on a little adventure. As you look to the side of your ball of light, you notice you're in a field of wildflowers. 
put your hands out and as you follow the ball of light through the field, feel the tips of the tall grasses and wildflowers tickle the palms of your hands. Take a deep breath in and smell the flowers that are in bloom all around you. If you notice any thoughts other than what you are experiencing at this moment, acknowledge them and let them go. Continue following your ball of light as it takes you on this very special journey. Look down at your bare feet as you follow the path. You can feel the damp, cool soil making contact with the soles of your feet. You may even be able to hear the leaves crunching as you walk over them. You are in a centered state at this moment. You have no resistance. You do not hesitate. You are alive, alert, and engaged. An inner calm takes over. You are in the present moment connecting with your higher self. You are in a neutral state of oneness. You are centered. You look up to see your ball of light leading you to a beautiful oak tree. Follow it to the white bench that sits just under the canopy of branches and leaves. If you choose, sit down on the white bench, allowing your feet to firmly root into the ground. Picture roots coming from the soles of your feet, intertwining with the ancient oak tree. Now feel that energy come up from your roots, through your legs, torso, neck, shoulders, and come out the top of your head. Allow this energy to flow through and around you. Allow the oak tree to take any and all energy that is not for your highest and best now. Ask the oak tree and Mother Earth to transmute that energy and send it back out into the universe as love and light. You have now grounded your energy. When you are ready, allow your roots to come back up into the soles of your feet. You look to the side and see your ball of light ready to bring you back to your physical body. Follow your ball of light on the same path you came from. You become aware of the freshness in the air, the wind caressing your face, and the warmth of the sun on your body. As you approach the place you started this journey, you look back for your ball of light and realize it was your higher self all along centering and grounding you today. Take some slow and steady deep breaths in through your nose and out through your mouth, bringing your awareness back to the room you are in. Feel the chair beneath you and the ground under your feet. Wiggle your toes and fingers. Roll out your shoulders and neck. Take a few minutes to become adjusted to your physical body 
before you continue your day. Listen up. The wealth you receive is a result of your personal relationship with the soul of money, meaning your spiritual well-being affects your ability to create abundance. Jennifer Bloom works with people to mend the spiritual disconnects that block up the cash flow. How's your relationship with yourself? Are you in balance with the divine? I know, these are big questions, but there are answers. Take Jennifer's free money relationship quiz to learn where you need to focus your energy and watch yourself grow into the abundance you deserve. Trust the divine. Learn to receive. You are worthy of all the wealth you seek. Visit jenniferbloom.com and click on the purple banner to take the free money relationship quiz. That's jenniferbloom, B-L-O-O-M-E.com. The vibration of change, that magical place where life shifts from struggle to ease, from stagnation to forward movement, from old ways of being to new ways of becoming. If you're like I am, it can be rather elusive to get there, but when you are in it, you feel it down to your very core, don't you? And it can positively affect everything in your life, from your relationships to your health and well-being, from your career path to your abundance. From the quality of that inner connection to the fullness of your self-expression. On the Christine Upchurch Show, we explore ways to get into that vibration of change with experts in the fields of consciousness, psychology, spirituality, health, healing, and science. Join me, Christine Upchurch, every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on KKNW AM 1150 and Transformation Talk Radio and learn new ways to step into your vibration of change. Inspire, create, empower, only on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Are you ready to branch out? Take a leap of faith. Tune in to Get Rooted Radio with Erica Gifford-Mills on TransformationTalkRadio.com to equip, empower, and enlighten yourself. Erica will energize and excite you to power up your passionate dream that sets your soul on fire. So get fearlessly ready and get powerfully rooted in your yes to live it up, love it up, and let it go. Visit GetRootedRadio.com. Hi everyone, this is Sherry Clark, and welcome to Courage to be Seen. This shows for anyone who longs to take charge of their life, to create more success, accomplish their dreams, and to live in inspiring ways to be powerfully visible and visibly powerful. I will be sharing stories with you from my own career and experiences, from leading engineering teams for the last 20 years, and also from interactions I have been blessed to have with people I've met from around the world. I want to give you the tools, techniques, strategies, and inspiration so you can be the best you. You can achieve the success you desire, personally and professionally. Being authentic, confident, and empowered are the keys to success and the life that you want. You can have the courage to be seen. 
Hi, I'm Sherry Clark, and welcome to Courage Be Seen, the show that focuses on you and helping you to achieve more success in your life. I want to share with you tools and techniques, strategies and stories to help you be more authentic, be more confident, and be more empowered so you can achieve the success in your life that you've always desired. You know, today I want to talk about change. I don't think anyone can deny that we are in a period of, of change. And so I didn't think there was a, you know, a better topic to actually talk about than, um, than just change in general, because we tend to not want to change. We tend to want to actually just leave things the same. It's like we want things to be better or we want things to be different. But at the same hand, for some reason, right, we always just would rather like not have to go through that period of, of change. It was funny one time that uh, when I was talking to my husband and we were doing like kind of a scenario planning of like, would you rather work for person A or person B? Now I knew person A better and he knew person B better. We actually neither wanted to work for either one, but you actually like, and you could talk to anyone about this, but I said, oh, I'd work for person A. And he said, no, I'd rather work for person B just because you knew them better, even though they weren't people that you actually even wanted to work with. Because that, that change, that you didn't want to have to like go through something that was unknown, that vulnerability of, of change just makes us say, oh, I'm going to protect myself and not have to actually go through it. So, so think about what's going on just in the world, in the United States, you know, around us. You know, can you feel the change? You can't deny it. We're just at this big period. Some of it's good change and some of it's probably not so good change. Typically, I avoid talking politics. I, uh, I probably have some unique views when it comes to, to politics. You know, I believe that no one is all good or all bad, no matter who you vote for. They're not going to make all good decisions. They're not going to make all bad decisions. Um, so I just kind of avoid, avoid talking about um, politics in general. But with us just finishing the election, you know, in the United States, we can't really deny, um, you know, what's going on with change in our, in our country. And so um, let, let's... Let's talk about change a little bit when it when it comes to, to politics. And I do have the belief that um, we don't actually want one party to have all the, the power. I believe in, in no matter if it's Democrat or Republican, that um, having some of uh, both in in elected office, you know, helps us having diversity throughout the House and the Senate. It helps us even if people don't have the same beliefs as I do, knowing that you have diversity of thought, I think, you know, helps the country run better. So. I'd rather not have the president, the House and the Senate all be aligned with one party. Um, so that's kind of my overall view. So we're in this period of change. And so you might be celebrating the election. You might be saying that, oh, you know, you're disappointed with the election. You have to wait four more years. Either way, you know, it is a period of change. And I think because of the year we've had, especially with COVID, um, it's not surprising that, that people voted for additional change. So some of the changes, in addition to the election, you know, you have uh, Amy Barrett that uh, was recently confirmed as Supreme Court Justice. And I think any other time, this would have been celebrated more. To have another female on the Supreme Court is a great change. Um, that a female Catholic, if you're, if you are, are Catholic, like, yes, we finally got a, a Catholic on, on the Supreme Court. Um, because of being so close to the election and and because of who she's replacing, you know, there's a lot of people that don't like this change, um, that uh, wanted someone else or wait until the election was done. But 
personally, I think anytime you have a, a female put in a high office like that, we should we should celebrate it. So it's a great change. Uh, with uh, you know Joe Biden being uh, be the oldest president um, that was elected, I, I think uh, that is that is change, and he brings the experience he's had so many years in the Senate. Uh, Kamala Harris is uh, being vice president. I love the quote that she said on a Saturday night when they were uh, celebrating their election. While I may be the first woman in this office, I will not be the last. And I sure hope that is true, right? That's what a great statement that, that she made um, to so many you know, young girls and, and women that might want to, to have a high elected office. And, and uh, so let's hope that that, that quote um, becomes true one day. But the fact that she, uh, you know, as immigrant uh, parents and being a black uh, Indian female as our vice president um, is definite change. And it'll be really interesting to see how her background, you know, influences politics and whatever she focuses on as, as vice president as we go forward. I personally have had um, some big change uh, this week that I started a new job and I, uh, I worked really for the same company for, for 22 years. I'm not exactly the same company because I went through some acquisitions and divestitures, but I started one job and then a couple, four years later, it actually was GE acquired that company. So now instead of working for Bentley, Nevada, I was working for GE, but really doing the same job, right? And then 20 years later, uh, GE divested our business to ABB. So yes, I was working for a different company, but, um, you didn't really change jobs. You're still working on the same computer, the same phone, et cetera, when you do those kind of uh, divestitures and acquisitions. But last Friday was different. You know, last Friday, uh, it was kind of sad, I have to admit, to, uh, to turn in my computer, to turn in my badge, uh, to turn in my cell phone um, and walk out the door. Uh, Saturday, I woke up unemployed for the first time since uh, I was in college. It, uh, it was an interesting feeling for me. It was an interesting thing to, to go through. I know people do it all the time and I've relocated. I've taken a lot of different jobs within the company, um, but it was a unique experience for me. Now, Monday I woke up and I started a new company and, uh, and, and that was exciting, you know, just to, to start and, and do something new. So I've been drinking from a fire hose uh, ever since all week as I'm, I'm learning what I got myself uh, into, but it's been, it's been great, great experience. And I know a lot of people uh, have been kind of giving me a hard time that uh, Friday I was at one job, Monday I was at the next and I didn't take any time off uh, in between. But with COVID, my husband and I, we were, we were kind of wanting to take a vacation and, and go someplace, but uh, everything's pretty much closed down and it's hard to really enjoy time away. So I figured might as well start work and uh, we can take some time off off later. So I think we could just say in general, you know, 2020 has been a year of change. Want it to be or not, um, it definitely probably has not gone as, as you predicted that uh, when everything closed down around us in March, I knew this was not going to be a couple week thing, um, but I wouldn't have never experienced or expected. Eight months later, we still have no end in sight of, of getting back to whatever normal um, is, I guess, or, or get back into the office or get back to a lot of the things that, that we love, love doing. Um, we've been lucky enough around us uh, for people to, to stay healthy, but um, you know, just what a year of change it's, it's been. So how about in your life? You know, what has, 
experience, um, what change have you experienced this year? Have you really stopped to think about it? I actually think this is kind of a good time to think about it because we always think about, you know, our goals at the beginning of the year and say, okay, we should set up a plan for, for January. But here in uh, November is a great time to reflect on the year because if, if maybe you didn't accomplish everything that you wanted, you still have a little bit of time. You still could say, oh, I did want to accomplish that this year. So I'm going to take the last month or so that I have left and really focus and get that one or two more things done. So if you think about yourself and kind of what you've done, what's changed in your life, you think about yourself personally. You know, it could be everything from fitness and, and self-care and uh, diet or, or, you know, nutrition, sleep. But what's, what's changed in your life around yourself personally? Professionally, has there been any change? Like me, I, I, I took a different job, but maybe it's a different project. Um, maybe it's just a different focus at work. Maybe you've been balancing um, raising kids at home while you're trying to work and juggling your schedule that way. Maybe you step back a little bit and having to deal with childcare or childcare issues or helping your kids with all their schoolwork and, and trying to balance still still staying employed or, or maybe you take some time off. But what's changed with you professionally? How about from a relationship standpoint? Um, has, has there been any, any change, good or, or bad? And then financial. That's like when I kind of think about goals and, and I kind of put them in those buckets, I always use like personally, professionally, from a relationship standpoint and financial when I am kind of running through of setting goals or, or now like, you know, what has changed? Because life is going to change. It's going to change in one way or another. It doesn't stay, stay the same and it doesn't stay stagnant. We can't control that. Um, even though we, we tend to resist wanting to change, it is in our best interest of how do we learn to change? How do we embrace change? Instead of thinking that change is scary, we need to think of that change as an opportunity. And how do we actually even create more change in our life? Now, that really probably sounds scary to you, but, but the more change that you can embrace, the easier and easier it is to, to accept the change. So I want you to invite it. Invite that change in. In fact, I like the saying that you should make change the default so that there always should be change. Um, the more you do that, the less scary it becomes. And that you quickly learn that even if you don't like a change, if there's always going to be change, you just have to wait a little bit and whatever that you don't like, it's probably going to change and maybe you'll like the next version better because the change is just going to always, always happen. So instead of being scared of change, I want you to think about how do we create opportunities of change? Because without creating change, you can't create opportunities. And if you don't create opportunities, you can't make your life, your life better. So there's a quote, life is change. Growth is optional. So choose wisely by Karen Kaiser Clark. So th this is really, you know, great. Life is change. So you're going to have change. Growth is optional. So choose wisely. So the change is going to happen. It's really your, your question and your decision on if you're going to grow through that change. So while we come up on the end of the year, I have an exercise for you to do. And I want you to, to actually take some time and journal. If you're, you're driving while you're listening to this, you, can, you can't do it right now. But I want you to spend some time you know, thinking about 
how did this year go for you? And so in the same categories I talked about earlier. So write about how, how did this year go personally? How did it go professionally? How did it go from a relationship standpoint? How did it go financial? Now, I know whatever you might have said in these categories at the beginning of January 2020, I doubt the year has gone exactly the way that you expected because January 1st, we didn't even like know about COVID. It wasn't until a few weeks later that it was ever talked about. Now, I was in China when COVID first started, uh, first hit, you know, and and I was actually worried I was going to get home in January. But um, the rest of the world wasn't uh, reacting to it as quickly. So as much as I was scared to get on the plane and make sure I could make it home without ending up in quarantine, um, I had no no problem returning home, which I thought was actually quite strange because it just hadn't, the, the word hadn't communicated around the world yet. Um, but so write about, you know, what you actually have accomplished this year. You know, maybe it's that you've, you've gotten more sleep. Maybe you focused on taking care of uh, spending more time with your family. I've actually loved this year. It definitely hasn't been like I expected, but uh, me and my family have done a lot more together. I wouldn't trade the year for anything from an experience standpoint. So, so take some time and journal and, and write down, you know, what you have, have accomplished because it, it really is good to take that time and it feels good to say, yes, I accomplished these things. Too often, we always focus on what we haven't done. And so that's why I encourage you first to take the time to journal what you have gotten done and celebrate it. Look at it. Notice, you know, maybe if it's appropriate, tell people, celebrate with them. And, and take credit for the things that you, that you have, have gotten done, that what progress you have made. One of the things that I did this year, and uh, I, I'll admit it, I'm 45 years old. I can do pull-ups for the first time. I used to always joke that I was missing those, those muscles, and, and pull-ups are just not something. I can deadlift uh, almost 300 pounds, but I could never do a pull-up. And I focused on it this year. So if I can at 45 do my first pull-ups, then, uh, you know, really you can set whatever goals that, that you want and find a way to work to, to achieve them. After you get done, you know, writing what you've achieved and taking some time to reflect and, and celebrate those accomplishments, I want you to, in the same categories, write down some things that you wanted to get done, but you didn't. So what things personally did you want to get done this year? What things professionally did you intend to do this year from a relationship standpoint? Maybe it's finances, because I think all of us probably have took a hit one way or another in, uh, in our finances, either from um, people, I know people got laid off, people were furloughed, um, your retirement accounts maybe just didn't make as much that uh, you intended because of the effect of COVID. But uh, what did you not um, get done? And I don't want you to get in the habit of making excuses um, for why things didn't got, get done. But I want you to take a little bit of time and think why didn't each one of those things not get done. Maybe 2020 just hasn't allowed it because of COVID, because of maybe, you know, you wanted to travel and that just has been canceled. Um, and that's okay. So make note, okay, this wasn't just the right year for, for that goal. Maybe it's something you can carry on for next year. Maybe you didn't prioritize it. 
And some people would say, well, I just didn't have time for it. And uh, we all have the same amount of time. So if you're saying that you didn't have time for something, that just means it wasn't a high enough priority in your life. You prioritized your time in a different way. Um, maybe whatever goal you had, it, it would take more time than, than you thought. And so maybe you made some progress towards it, but, uh, or you attempted and it didn't work out. Or maybe some people would say, you know, you failed at your first attempt. Um, but now, you know, maybe you still have that goal. You're going to still work towards it, but it just is going to take longer. You have to break it into steps. Is it something you just never started? So you wanted to do it, but for one reason or another, um, you just never got a chance to get started. Or lastly, maybe that goal wasn't that important after all. And you need to admit that of why didn't things, things happen. Now you have a month, as I said, a little over a month. So if there was a, a thing that you didn't, or you forgot that you, hey, I want to do that this year. Get, you know, I would say start tonight. What can you do to, to start putting that in motion and see how far you can still get to accomplish it yet this year? But too often, the reason we don't do things is because we don't want to actually change. We don't want to make that change. We're not making change the default. So how do we do that? What things can we do to naturally make change our, our default? So I'm going to give you a few steps that how you can be more open and to embrace change. The first one is stop trying to figure everything out in advance. Too often, we never get started because we're just working on like completing the whole plan. We want every to know all the details. We want to know all the steps. And we want to make sure that we see line of sight to how to be successful in the end before we'll even start the change. And I like the attitude that everything is figure outable. Once you get started, just trust that you can figure it out along the way. Yeah, it might be kind of bumpy. Yeah, you have to figure out maybe the first step or two, but you don't have to always figure everything out to the end. Too often we just are like paralyzed by not knowing you know, everything done. So, so, so just get started. That's the first step. The second thing I'd say is to embrace change is start with small things. Start making changes on a regular basis. I do this regularly with trying to pick new brands. Um, maybe it's toothpaste or shampoo. I definitely do it with shampoo. I can never buy the same brand of shampoo twice in a row. And it's just interesting. You get used to trying something new. And that doesn't mean I like them all. Sometimes it's like, damn, I, I really, really shouldn't have bought this one. But it, that's part of the process, right? More often than not, that you might find stuff that you love. But you get used to that, that change. So practice change with, with small things. And that way, when you make big changes, it's less scary. Sometimes when we have to make a change, we have to choose. You have to choose between, let's say, two options, and you're having trouble deciding, you know, which is the best option. One time I was told, you just pick one. Like, you use everything that you know, but in the end, it comes down to, well, you're just really not sure. Just go with your gut and, and pick one. Because many times, the right answer or the better answer won't be known until the decision is made and you start putting it into practice. Now, when you do this, don't be hard set. Well, I picked this and I'm going to follow through forever. You know, make sure that you're, you're checking in. And if you need to modify your decision later, you can. But, uh, but sometimes you just have to pick it and, and, and move forward. 
The next thing that I'll suggest is you need to stop asking everyone else their opinion. That doesn't mean don't ask anyone their opinion, but too often what we're trying to do is ask like everyone we know to try to get reinforcement, like we're doing the right thing and get reassurance for ourselves. So if you need to talk to an advisor or you need somebody's opinion, make sure you're asking someone that's qualified to give you that opinion and ask them only for that particular topic and get their opinion. Like you don't want to go to a fast food restaurant to ask someone, um, you know, suggestions on, on healthy diet and, and eating. Right. I mean, like you want to make sure that you're going to the right expertise for, for that opinion and then take that knowledge. It doesn't mean you even have to follow it hundred percent, but, but don't ask everyone, you know, don't think that getting the more opinions is, is better. And it's going to help you uh, reassure to make that change. Um, you need to have confidence to make, make that change. The next thing is no, it's okay to say that you don't know. You know, I, I think about like a GPS. So sometimes like you're looking at your phone, you're trying to get directions and it, it like doesn't really know where, where you're at. But once you start moving, all of a sudden the, the GPS figures out where it's at and it reorients your map and it, it knows where to take you, right? It, uh, it, it adjusts as needed. Even if you take a wrong turn, it'll, it'll redirect you. And uh, that, that, that's okay. So even if you don't know, sometimes just starting something, just starting to put things into motion will allow the path to become visible so you can go, go forward. Um, the next thing is acknowledge the feelings that you're having about the change. It's, it's really okay. You know, like I said, I, on Friday, when I, uh, when I left work, I was sad. I was sad to be leaving my team. I was sad to be leaving a business that I had been with for, for so many years. And at the same time, I was excited. I was incredibly excited for the new opportunity and everything I had to, to was going to get a chance to, to learn and, and do. And, um, but you need to admit you have these feelings and you can, you can admit, okay, but maybe I'm a little scared or I'm not sure what I'm going to do on, on Monday or, or whatever that might be. Acknowledging those feelings helps you actually handle them. You can journal about them. If you don't have a chance to actually you know, say them out loud to somebody um, I, I really do suggest that uh, just putting them out on paper a lot of times helps you to acknowledge those, those feelings. And they're not feelings you got to remember are not good or bad. They're not right or wrong. The feelings just are the feelings that you have. The last thing is you really want to acknowledge, you know, what you're going to learn from the change. How, how will this lesson help you in, in the future. And that will sometimes help get through the change. So yeah, you know, it's going to be hard. You know, you don't want to do it, but you know, as you go through it, you can learn something and then you can build on that in, in the future. So, so that's can just help you to, to embrace and, and understand the change. So I want to run through the, them for you one, one more time. Uh, the first one is, you know, stop trying to figure everything out in advance. You, you don't need to know all the answers to, to be able to start to accept change. Make sure you practice with small things. And you can do this on a daily basis. 
And it can be as simple as driving a different path to work. It doesn't have to be big things, but it's just amazing how you get used to change in small ways and it makes big change easier to handle. Um, the third thing is when you have to, sometimes you just have to pick one. You won't always know the right answer and no, there's no way to know the right answer in, in advance. Next, stop asking everyone else their opinion. If you do need to have um, an expert or, or someone that, you know, opinion you can value and they're an expert in the area that you need, yes, ask them, but just don't be looking from everyone that you know, trying to get extra confidence to go forward. It actually just won't, won't help you out at all. It's, it's okay and know it's okay to say that you don't know. You, you can figure it out as you go. Um, so just acknowledge that and then you can move forward. Um, make sure you keep doing something and, and you keep moving. Acknowledge your feelings. It's very important. And then finally, um, focus on what you can learn from the change and how you're going to use the change as, as you go forward. So I hope, um, you know, these, these steps will, will help you as you embrace change. We're in such a, a big time of change right now that um, you can't really deny it. You can feel it all around you. But uh, I hope as you learn to embrace the change, it'll create opportunities for you in your life, in your career, um, personally and, and professionally as you go forward. So know that you can only be ourselves. And by embracing all of myself, I've had the courage to be seen and I've created opportunities in my life and my life has just gotten better and better. And so that's what I want to do uh, for you, that I invite you to check out my website, couragetobeseen.com. Uh, my contact information is there and uh, you can follow me on Instagram and Facebook. I post daily inspirational messages and uh you can uh, subscribe to this uh, podcast and then you'll get an update, you know, every time we have a new episode. And so thanks for listening. And I hope to talk to you again soon. Thanks so much for joining me today. I hope you've been inspired to take action on at least one thing starting today to learn more, check out courage to There you'll find my blog and additional resources including you can download a copy of 10 Ways to Live a More Courageous Life. Thanks again for listening and make sure you tune in next time to learn additional ways to have the courage to be seen in your own life.